Hey all, Double G here from Fight Game Media. I just wanted to talk about some of the bonus content we've been dropping on our Patreon, aka Fight Game Media Network Plus. John LaRocca and I dropped our 1998 Royal Rumble Watch Along, which is a compliment to our 1998 Raw Review Series as we cover the year in which Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes the biggest star in wrestling. Just last week, Carlos Toro and Robert Silva for our boxing podcast, Pound for Pound, put out their monthly bonus show on the biggest upsets in boxing, heading all the way back to 1986 when Donald Curry lost to Lloyd Hunnigan. Carlos wasn't even born yet, so he was watching the fight for the first time, and Robert is recounting facts from that fight like it just happened yesterday. Also, don't forget to check out myself and Chris DePetrillo and our Karate Kid podcast, which is exclusive to the Patreon, as we cover Cobra Kai Season 4. Terry Silver is back, y'all, and he's looking for revenge on one Danny Boy LaRusso. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. It is just five bucks. Give us a shot. Your Starbucks order probably costs more than that. Now, on to the show. And boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. We are back with a brand new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, James McDaniel, a.k.a. Peppermint Fatty on social media. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been, buddy? It's been great. How are you? It was so good. Um, There's so much going on in AEW. Let's jump right into it. Let's start out with... This WWE commentary that I think came to us from the Toronto Sun. Uh, Toronto would you like Star. To, the Toronto Star. Thank you. Would you like to? Uh, would you like to pr- kind of read this to the people, the people at home listening? What exactly they said uh, to kind of jab at AEW? Yeah. So the article itself, you have to pay for the. Um for the article yes. and I, I, I shelled out four dollars okay just so i could have it for the people um, for the listeners for the people, at home for the people it's an investment so, so they didn't have to yeah that's right that's right so we're going to talk about it here while you do that so the listen, article itself was a if, pretty good article real real quick kevin go ahead if they're if they're yeah. sitting at home and they haven't subscribed yet to fight game media to the patreon patreon that's right. four or five dollars right there there's right. only one more dollar floating out there that you haven't already that we haven't earned from you. So right. give us a That's shot. Right. Fight Game Media yes. or Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media. You join the Patreon and go to the Facebook group and let me know. I will send you the article so that you don't have to pay for the paywall. Boom. Right there. Okay, right. sorry so, about that interruption. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, it's a, it was a, it was a pretty interesting article because it very much played up uh, AEW as the upstart rival to WWE, and um, you know they they had some things that were a little interesting. They had an interesting little table in it where you could look and see all the signees from most of the signees from WWE uh, that have come over. But the thing that got everyone talking this week was a quote when they went they they had quotes from WWE, which were clearly like. Like not, you know, they were very uh, polished statements. So you could tell it was their PR department replying. And the one that got everyone up in a tizzy this week was um, a criticism about the use of blood in AEW and a little bit like the blood and guts when they first started out. They said, Mm -hmm. 
the WWE statement read, if you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31st event on TNT, it becomes very clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the attitude area in a 2022 world. We don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. Very tisky. Yeah, very. WWE. Oh my, that's a very Karenish statement, right? Very right here <laughs> very, from the WWE. Very, yeah, very specific. Not talking about the blood and the you know world title matches. Not talking about any of the stuff, but specifically the uh, the uh, street fight between uh, Bunny and Penelope Ford and uh, TJ on New yep. Year's Eve, which was which was a blood fest. There, it was gory. There was self mutilation. And um, and before we even get into what we think of this, yeah, Ty Conti kind of had the only response you can really <laughs> give to a Karenish corporation she in sure 2022, <laughs> and uh, which was of course the picture of her covered in blood flipping off the camera. Yes, which was I love with, with the caption ha 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 ha. <laughs> Listen, I love that so much. I think it's the perfect response, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of siding with the WWE statement here. I'm like, look, I. If there's anybody out there that likes blood and guts, it's me. Vince is all that's been part of his anti-Southern thing mm-hmm. for decades is mm-hmm. blood and guts. Yep. I'm Southern. I grew up with barbed I grew up with barbed wire cage matches. Okay. Yep. There was always blood. My earliest memory, if you want to go listen to David Lovell's podcast, How I Caught the Wrestling Bug, was putting my finger in Tommy Rich's blood, which at <laughs> four or right. five years old, I thought was fake blood. Yeah. Even at that age, didn't realize I'm I'm putting my this is this is Shoot blood, people. I thought it was work blood. But I want AEW to grow, and I don't think – I think that is an impediment to them growing in 2022 on TBS. Now, one other thing about this statement in particular, WWE saying we don't believe children will like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Children will love this. The more yeah, sex true. and violence you give children, mm-hmm. they're into it. And that's proven by the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. The more sex, the more violence, the more insanity they put on TV, the more kids were into it. It's just the do you want to feed that to kids right now? Right. And that's something I knew that we would have similar, at least at least similar uh, reactions because yeah. of us both coming up from the same style uh, in the, in when we were growing up. And, you know, first of all, we, I mean, we won't spend time on how hypocritical the statement is, you know, yeah. uh, but that's it's, if this, it's a WWE statement. I'm going to assume it's, right. it's hypocritical. You right. don't you don't even need to do mental gymnastics on that or even think much about it. Like, right. It's going to be hypocritical. So to me, the more interesting thing is about, well, do they have a point? And, you know, I haven't heard anything about um, TNT or TBS being um being upset about any of what they've done recently. Um, But I got to say, you know, the first night of the TBS show, when they had the Big Bang Theory as the lead in for the first time, and their very first match they showed was Daniel Bryan, you know, point something on the Muda scale, you know, just covered, (laughs) you know, the the proverbial crimson mask. I thought, wow, this this is how they're going to try to hold on to that female demographic. And that's that they just that's got been, tonight. 
I'm so glad you just said that. This is something I'm sure Paul Fontaine, uh, when he listens, is going to be just yelling out loud. That right there has been the big issue with AEW. They started with a very strong female, 18 to 49, whatever, mm-hmm. in, in that demo. And they have they've kept the men, and they have lost most of those women. And I have to wonder if, like, look, I... I I don't even mind the blood. The blood mm. isn't the worst to me. It's throwing John Moxley into barbed wire mm-hmm. and seeing like that visual to me is different than just someone bleeding. Everyone has seen some blood. Everybody's seen someone bleed. Not everybody's seen someone have to pick barbed wire out of their skin on mm-hmm. national TV right yeah. after again, right after watching something like the Big Bang Theory. That's not the time you want that. Right. And there's there's even there's even degrees to it. Right. So we talked yeah. a little bit before the show, like there's a different between doing it on pay-per-view and on your primetime show. There's even a difference between doing it at 9 p.m. on Friday night and 7.38 p.m. on Wednesday night. Um, and If you're you know, going to do it, yeah. do it on Rampage if you're mm-hmm. going to put it on free TV, which is post-primetime. That is mm-hmm. late-night TV. and But preferably do it on pay-per-view. Like I, I mean, yeah. do whatever you want to these people. If you're going to do it in a big match. Now, look, I... Give I, them you know. guns on pay-per-view. I don't <laughs> care, people. Give them, <laughs> give them firearms. But right. on free TV, yeah. yeah. Like, if somebody's going to pay $50 to watch it, they're in and they know what's going to be on the show. Right. You know, and look, I'm not... I've I've grown a little more squeamish than I was when I was younger, but I also grew up on Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard in the cage with a piece of table, the sheep herders and <laughs> fighting in a plywood cage, you know, like when, when it's, you it's talk part about, of it. When you talk about our similar backgrounds, I think the easiest way to put it is I think a lot of people out there are bushwhacker guys. We're sheep yep. herder guys. Yep. And those were two shocking, very different, different. creatures. Yeah. Just shockingly different. Shockingly different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I uh, and, and, and so I'm not against it. Uh, part of it also is um, however you feel about the statement. To me, it's it should be a big deal when you do it like that. It should be a yeah. big deal when you do it. And so save it. You know, when they that's one of the problems I had with the street fight a couple of weeks ago was that it felt like, oh, another one of these, it, you know, it and it like... made the and it made the Brit match earlier in the year feel a little bit special, less special to me or mm-hmm. less, less dramatic because it was like, oh, the, this happens again. Or I thought that was a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they should have made it very clear in the lead up. First of all. I don't think we we knew about this one week ahead of time. I think they should have given it a couple weeks more notice mm-hmm. or you know two weeks notice and let everybody know this is the end. This is the end of this feud we've seen for months. And if you're not going to be able to at least do that if you're not going to be able to put it on a special show like potentially a Battle of the Belts undercard on YouTube might have been a great place for this. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And again, I don't think I I, I do think this this should have had a lot of eyes on it. This was mm-hmm. an important match for these women. It was de- like, and you could tell they knew it was an important match for them, and they performed much better than usual. Many of the women did, mm-hmm. but yeah, it it was kind of presented like a normal match, and things mm-hmm. like that should be special. And I understand, yeah. and I think a lot of this comes from Tony Khan wanting to please the wrestlers, wanting to give them what they yes, want. I think and so. with with the Kenny Omega stuff, Kenny wanted to prove he could be a great deathmatch wrestler, and I think he did prove that. And this is ju- this is where John Moxley came from with CZW. Yep. And I think Moxley, he's given Moxley what Moxley's wanted, but there there needs to be like give them what they want, but tell them let's let's hold off to the pay per view or let's mm-hmm. 
plan a special for this that's coming on. Like, let's put this after 9 p.m., something like that, I think. It's just you don't have to change a lot, but you need no. to you need to make it special and you need to not put it at 7 p.m., which is legit 5 p.m. on the West Coast, you know? Right. That That's simple. It's like I'm not against these things. Yeah. It's about the presentation, how it's presented and when. And, and what think, impact it has. Exactly. I think we're, we're on the same we're coming at it from the yeah. exact same. So let me ask you, like, so what if let's just stick to the women for a second? Yeah, because I don't want to be I, I I was listening to Dave Meltzer talk about it. And he was like, you know, if if you really want the women to have the same opportunities, you need to give them all the same tools. And I I agree with that. Yeah. But so what's what's the hottest women's feud in AEW right now? The hottest women's feud in AEW right now. That's a great most, question. The most intense. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm going to throw out some feuds. Okay. Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez, right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Statlander versus uh, Legit Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the other current feuds? So D D Serena Deeb and Hikaru oh Serena Deeb and her yes right. So they're they right. they're building 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 building. What are you, they going to have to do to top what the bunny and uh, Penelope and Tay and Jay did, you know, in their match I may, that I felt like was not as intense as intense a feud. I may have some some breaking news for you here. Oh, Hikaru, they did that. So the match on Dynamite that we're going to talk about in a bit with Serena Deeb and, mm-hmm. and Shida, the reason they did that is Shida has gone back to Japan for a couple months. Oh, OK. Yeah. But no, that's a that's a great question. Where do you go from that? And I think what you would have to do with that, there haven't been a lot of run ins. Mm-hmm. Or well, Mercedes Martinez would try and get involved, and Thunder Rosa would come out. Like you go, I think we need a, maybe a women's cage match is where you go for that. We mm-hmm. haven't had a women's cage match. That's where I'd like to see. I'd actually, I think that's what I would like to see. I think Sheeta is a great is a great female wrestler to use the cage to her advantage, and so, as in like. Come, like jump off the cage, that sort of thing. And yeah. then uh, Serena Deeb is a great person to use it in a very heelish way, you know, working the knee over maybe when, she, when yep. Hikaru Shida comes back and hopefully comes out and, and does a beat down of Serena Deeb. Maybe moving towards a cage match would be the way to go there. Yeah, maybe. And I like what Dave's saying there. Like, um, you know. Yeah. Like, give them the exact same opportunities. We've had a number of men's cage matches, and we've had them on free TV. We had the, uh, we had, I believe, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Wardlow. Was Wardlow, on, yeah. That was on Dynamite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, we, we that, I think that would be a great, I think that would be a great match to put on free TV in a main event, Sheeta versus, uh, versus Deeb in yeah. a cage. Okay. So... My question for you is mm-hmm. about AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So we had what I thought was one of the better Dynamites in a long time on Wednesday. And most of the people in the Fight Game Media group on Facebook did not like it. They were really negative on it. I saw a couple of other people thought were with me. Like, this is one of the best Dynamites in a long time. Um, Ollie on WrestleTalk loved it. I heard Lance Storm did not like it. Um, it was a really this is the the most divisive dynamite in a while. What was your what were your thoughts on it? Were you pro? Were you anti? Did you change your opinion during the week? Where did you land on this one? I think that so that night I was not overwhelmed by it. I w- okay. I, I think I think anyone who had interacted with me that night or had seen my comments um, that night 
probably would have thought I wasn't very impressed with it. And I and and probably the last couple of days I was expecting to be like, well, let's talk about what I didn't like about it. Right. I rewatched it today. Okay. Um, and I wondered what I was so not into because right. it was perfectly fine. Now it wasn't like a blow away episode and and there was definitely a lot more um it was very it, someone described it as more WWE-ish and that may have been what I didn't like about it. It could have just been the fact that it started with a promo and promo segment instead of a hot match like they always that was do. That's a big difference. That's a big difference, but every you know there there were a couple of things that I'm you know, kind of starting to get annoyed by that. They do like how no one can ever do an interview segment without someone interrupting it. You know, that's driving me crazy, that kind of stuff. So there's like things to criticize, but like overall it was very entertaining. And, um, and, and I have to say a lot of times how I'm left by it is, um, how I feel at the end of, after watching the main event and the main events are usually awesome. Mm -hmm. And this week, for whatever reason, I was laying down on the couch while watching it and I fell asleep during Sammy Guevara's entrance and completely missed the match that we were both the most excited about. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a whole lot was that I just missed the best part. Now for me, I look for two things out of my wrestling shows. I want good wrestling. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to say three things. There's two things I want. One thing I don't want. I want good wrestling that I enjoy. I want um, angles to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my intelligence insulted. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get my intelligence insulted, I don't think, on this show. I don't remember anything insulting my intelligence. I got what I thought were some really good matches. There were some subpar rep matches. Like, look, I'm not the biggest Matt Hardy guy right now. And I think a lot of people have kind of checked out on the Hardy family office. But I was excited about Penta versus Matt Hardy because I was just I'm always excited to get Penta in singles matches. Yeah. And I didn't hate the match. And then I absolutely loved the main event. I love Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. I was so into that match. It lived up to what I wanted. But the real reason I loved this show was this show set up so many things. Yep. We had we had Britt Baker come out and kiss Adam Cole on stage. Mm-hmm. And and this basically announced the first like legit power couple as in the the number one contender for the AEW championship yep. is is saying publicly like my girlfriend, the world champion, yep. is in this crew, and that takes this crew to a next level and only enhances the coming Cole on a pole match. That's and so right. We, we get <laughs> it's that. It's a triple threat now. That's exactly right, man. And so that was really exciting, just the potential of what this is turning into, especially because they're feuding with best friends. Yep. They're kind of feuding with the Young Bucks, and we all know there's going to be something there when Kenny Omega comes back, and Britt being a part of this group is a big deal. And it also begs the question, when things come to a head, what female is going to be pulled in? to be on the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega side. And again, that's all speculation on my part, but I think it's fair speculation. I think it's yeah. informed speculation. Yeah. Then we get Wardlow versus CM Punk, and Wardlow basically beats CM Punk. Wardlow dominates CM Punk, and mm-hmm. CM Punk wins kind of via a fluke, mm-hmm. via a distraction. And to me, that's a big deal. You're not like Wardlow was being worked like upper mid card. This puts Wardlow upper card. We're building. We're now building closer to the Wardlow turn. And to me, that was a big deal. That's a big deal to give away on free TV is CM Punk getting dominated. Now, they did 
they did water this down a little. Then when we find out, oh, next week, CM Punk gets to face Sean Spears. Yeah, <laughs> it, that should be kind of exciting. But the problem is we just had we just had somebody have to go through like we had Jericho go through the like the 30 trials of Hercules or whatever right, right. to get a match. I don't want to see that every time. I it's don't kind of the that. it's kind of the pattern of the MGF feud. I mean, Cody had to, you know, take the lashes and yep. be, we're like it's that's sort of what they do. It's the third time they're doing this where he he makes the babyface run through a series of challenges to get to him. And this is this is one thing that that is semi-insulting to my intelligence and that's the idea that MJF has the power to na- to name a match, to make a match anytime he wants, and that there's nothing Tony Khan can do about this. Yeah, that is a that is slightly insulting. So that was a negative, but to me it was coming off such a big deal. That CM Punk Wardlow match felt like a really big deal to me, just like the Britt Baker Adam Cole thing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's something we all knew, for that to be part of storyline, that was a big deal. We got yeah. Hobbs and Dante Martin. I I. I don't remember that match well. I remember how it ended, but I, I, I enjoyed that match while it was happening. Um, then we've got we got had the announcement of Britton Cole versus Orange and Chris Statlander, and I was excited about that announcement. A lot of people don't like the, the idea of the mixed tag. It doesn't bother me because the men aren't wrestling the women. If a yeah. woman gets tagged, the other woman comes it in. It doesn't bother me at all, and that's going to no. be a that I that's going to be great. That to be a big ratings getter too. Yeah, to me, Adam. Adam Cole and Britt Baker together elevate each other. Yep. And then Orange Cassidy, whether people like him or hate him, he's already pretty elevated. He's beaten a lot of the top guys in this company. And Chris Statlander is someone that I want to see her elevated every chance she can get Mm -hmm. because she is so freaking good. And that moment, that moment where she jumped in the ring and cut off Adam Cole. And you thought oh, for yeah. a second they were going to yeah. square off. Like you felt people go, whoa. That was a big, like, that was another big thing. There were yeah. so many for me in this show, big moments. Mm-hmm. Adam Page comes out, cuts a promo. Dan Lambert interrupts. Why is Dan Lambert out here? Mm-hmm. And then we get the return of Lance Archer, which I was hy- I was really hyped about. I'm glad to see him back. I really like Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. I think he can be bigger than he's been so far. And then he beat up the world champion. That's a big deal. And then I saw people, oh, he, he went out on a loss months ago. It's kind of like a reset when you've been out injured. It's a yeah. total reset. And the thing is, look, he's not going to take the title from from, from Adam Page. He's not gonna, but he no. is a great challenger right He's now a, yeah. while Adam Cole is busy, while Kenny Omega's out, while John Moxley's not back, which by the way, John Moxley's coming back next weekend to GCW. He has to be coming in on Dynamite this I week. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it makes you question is is Lance Archer now with Dan Lambert? Because that's a heck of a pairing. Like, look, I love Jake that the Snake. That is a heck of a pairing. But Jake the Snake has gotten COVID. We know he is he is not in the best health to to risk getting COVID and Omicron spreads way more easily than anything else. That's all I'm going right. to say about it. Um, so I'm guessing I'm guessing they're keeping Jake the Snake home. And listen, Lance Archer is an impressive dude, but standing next to Jake Roberts, he just yes. kind of looks like the sun. Exactly. Next to Dan Lambert, he looks like a monster. Yeah, and there's there's no better and and Dan Lambert can hype up Lance Archer, and then Lance Archer would have the men of the year behind him. Like that's pretty cool. Then we get uh, let's see. We find out Reynolds and Silver are going to take on Jurassic Express. I was super hyped about that. Yeah. Always hyped to see them get a big match. Um, 
And then Penta calls out Malachi Black, and Black just shows up. Just shows up. We get the debut of Brody King, um, who who basically uh, oh, the, what's their names? Flying Brian. Uh, the varsity uh, varsity the blonde. varsity blondes the varsity blondes come out julia black now has a black eye patch and a black top <laughs> we see where this is going yes, yes. Uh, that's unfortunately let me go ahead and say because we also got a promo from pack that a lot of people think i didn't think about this when i was watching it live my brain was just consuming my brain was not processing a lot of people thought this promo was going to lead to him being the third member of that's the house where i of think black. it's going to yeah okay and uh I don't like the idea that the mist is magical. No, I, I like I the either. mist as Muda mist. Just I'm cheating to beat you. And um, but I, I don't like that. It just turns everybody evil. Like it's going to do like it's doing to Julia, like mm-hmm. it's doing a pack. Although pack is a pack Malachi black and Brody King. That's yeah. a hell of a trio, man. That's right. That's, that's exciting. So this was a big, like there was a lot happened on this there was. show. Uh-huh. This was a big deal. Um, we had Bear Country versus the Acclaim. That was a little bit of a letdown. As in Bear, like I like Bear Country, I really do. I like big burly teams, right. uh, but people don't look at them as a big deal. People don't look at them as they sh- as a non jobber team right. on a, on Dynamite. That's and a dark main had, event. Yeah, and then Sting and Darby came. I love Sting and Darby. Were like he insulted us in his rap. We're going to come beat the hell out of them. So they came down and beat the hell out of them. And yet, though, they didn't really insult them until Rampage two days later. That's right. Because, because that's when the video dropped. Because they showed the video on Friday. If To me, if they had that would have been the swapped proper around some segments. Yeah. If they had started with the video and then that would have made them hyped, you know, it would have um, hyped them up for the match more. It would have made that yeah. bear country match feel more like a showcase for the evil heels than like, yeah. you know, the elevation main event. And then, and then you would have had when they came out, it's like, Oh crap, they just dissed them and they're already responding versus right. them going out and trying to beat them up. And then two days later they do the reason. Right. By the way, if anybody's listening right now and they're like, man, they're they're running through everything really quickly. I'm just really quick saying I like yeah. this, 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 and this on Dynamite. And then we get the, the awesome match. We get Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. This is Sammy Guevara, basically one of these pillars, um, and like a next generation guy versus a genuinely next generation from him guy. Yep. And it was awesome. I love the match. It yeah. was so good. It was exactly what I wanted to see. So to me, there was very there were there were a couple of subpar things on this show, but mm-hmm. every one of them they came right after something big. There were so many big things that that's what I don't get. Like we had loads of major steps forward in major programs, and then we had good matches, not terrible matches. Although some of the a lot of people might have thought some of these were terrible matches, and I just didn't. Um, but yeah, that's why I love Dynamite. I really enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, you've really you've really turned me around on this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think one of I think one of the things a lot of people didn't like from what I could see was the and the Sheeta versus Sheeta versus uh, D- uh Deeb. Deeb was on this right. Mm-hmm. It was Dynamite. Yep. I think a lot of people really had a problem with the beatdown of of Hikaru Shida and they don't didn't know where it was going and they didn't like that this was the next step and 
And then I found out, I think the next day, and I don't remember where I found it out, but it was a legit place that Sheeta is going back to Japan for a couple of months. And that's why they did it. They had to get Sheeta out of the storyline for a little while. So it's going to be interesting to see where Serena Deep goes from this. Um, and I, th- and well, I think, I think they laid they laid it out. I think uh, they sort of subtly, but I think they laid out like three weeks worth of TV with her because mm-hmm. uh, as she was injuring her, mm-hmm. um, the refs were checking on her, and Sky Blue, uh, that's right, Tay Conti and Anna J came out to yeah. check on her, and they all sort of looked long at her. And I think next week is going to be Serena Sky, Deep Blue. Sky Blue. So yeah. I think what it's she's doing is she's going to be going through these. Babyface women, and it's going to be I, great. It's, I can't wait for Tay Conti and Serena Deeb. Oh my god, it's going to be great because we like um, Sky Blue is like nineteen years old. Like right. she's going to she's going to rip Sky Blue apart, and it's going to be great. She's going to be this killer heel. She's going to look like Bret Hart or Dean Malenko. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. She's probably going to do the same to Anna J. And then Ty Conti will come in and, and she'll have a competitive match and and honestly, hopefully beat Ty Conti. And then Hikaru Shida, hopefully they'll have a longer feud, just the two yeah. of them. And mm-hmm. then then Hikaru Shida comes back to save the day at the end and get the big win. Yeah. But yeah, they lay, so they kind of laid out the next month right there. Mm-hmm. They did what they needed to do to get Hikaru Shida out of the storyline right now. Um, I wonder how much notice they had on that, you know, because this has been a build, building storyline. And I don't know why she went back. I don't know if it's she needed vacation or, or it was like a visa, visa thing where you have to yeah. spend some time at home before you can come back. Yeah, something like that. Let's see what else, what are the other big things from this match? Like let's let's talk real quick. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Sure. Um, Britt Baker, Britt Baker, and Adam Cole. Like mm-hmm. I, I just thought this was huge. It really was, and it was it was it was the kind of thing you kind of thought that they wouldn't do because yeah. it seemed like if they would have done it, they would have done it by now. It, it seems so, like they would have started with it, right? But so you kind of thought, well, maybe they just won't do it. And, yeah. and they'll just sort of allude to it. And then, but then I think that's what, I think that might've fed into the reaction when Chris jumped in and, you know, stood in front of, uh, um, orange to protect him. Right. You thought, Oh no, like this would, and she really did come out. And then when she came out and then they just laid waste everyone, she curb stomped people, you know, yeah. like it was exactly what you want to see. Um, and I've yeah, been so, thinking today right. about this and, um, has the, have have we ever seen this before where we have a a top contender Adam Cole I believe is still number 1 this week I'm about to bring pull up the rate the rankings for us to go over in a bit um and then the female world champion like we've always had like macho man and miss elizabeth and things like that mm-hmm. but I can't remember if we've ever had a top guy with a top woman I don't, I don't remember this. I don't remember. I, don't, this I mean, WWE could have had it this year. They could have been first with it with Seth yeah. and, and Becky. That, uh, yeah. And again, everybody knows I do not pay close attention yeah. to what's going on in WWE, but that's uh, a good point. So they kind of, that's their own fault for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't think of any where they were active performers. Um, 
who were both real life and also became an on-screen thing that were where they were both active wrestlers or at least you know like stephanie wrestled or brandy wrestles but like yeah like we're actually that's what their their primary role was yeah so i think i think it's cool i think it has a lot of potential what i what i really hope and i kind of had this worry on dynamite when Britt came out and she was one of literally six people in the corner of adam cole in his (laughs) match was i was like Britt does not need to be one of six people no Britt needs to be Britt baker she's one of the biggest the main event yeah she is up there equal star with him yeah and so they either need to yeah they need to right yeah that's true they either need to scale down that group or spin it off because there there's a little bit of too much going on at once yeah with that act a little bit whether you know i it's true that the cole on a pole match has become a triple threat yeah that's right by the way you're on on rampage when um because I'm so used to Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. I'm so used to that. The kiss on the cheek, all that. Mm-hmm. That on, on Rampage, when Adam Cole was wrestling Trent Beretta, Britt came up and the camera is behind Britt and she kisses Adam Cole on the lips. And I was taken aback for a second because I thought that was one of the Young Bucks. Legitimately, <laughs> like I was so used to them being there and not her. Yeah. It took me by surprise. Yeah, the bromance does run deep with them. Doesn't it, though? Doesn't yeah. it? Oh, man. Let's see. So what did you think of uh, what what did you think of the the CM Punk match with Wardlow? Did it well, go how you expected it to go? I had so even rewatching it, I think I had I had a tiny quibble with it. Okay. There were there were things that I felt about it the night of that I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the story it told. I didn't love the end. Right. Um, and when I, I didn't watched like it, the specific way it ended, I did not. So like. to me, it could have been very easily fixed with one small thing. And, and I rewatched it today with that in mind. And it was like, I don't know why they didn't do it. One of the things I thought was cool was the last couple of days, people were sharing footage to show that um, punk was um, actually reenacting several moments from Bret Hart matches with diesel. Oh, wow. Uh, and there were there were many spots in uh, in the match that was including the finish um, that was taken from like a tribute to Bret Hart, which I guess he's done in other matches. I guess the the match with Darby included some matches from uh, Bret Hart and one, two, three kid. OK, so that's some stuff I'm going to start looking out for whenever I, whenever punk wrestles now. That's something that I always worry that I, I like. I know these guys mm-hmm. like it's, we've seen so many examples of it now that they're going back and they're watching tape and they're going back and doing they're they are recreating legendary moves and matches in their current feuds mm-hmm. and i hate the fact that my memory is such garbage at this point that i will never <laughs> like outside of some I'll never major, pick up major it, right. things i'm not going to pick up on it so if anybody's listening to this now and you're somebody that picks up on this stuff quickly man hit me up on twitter tag yeah. peppermint fatty yeah tag, yep. Cav- tag kevin we both want to see these we want to see yeah, the comparisons we both want to go back and watch it yeah like i love it i i absolutely love it and i love it's one of the things i i i, I like a lot and i've said a lot about um about eddie eddie kingston mm-hmm. is i love it's kind of a Mike Tyson thing for me. You look at Mike Tyson, you think this man's a monster. Yeah. He doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson he was a knows boxing history. Yep. He knows history, history. Yeah. Like he goes on podcasts, he schools people about the Roman Empire. Like <laughs> the man knows history, but yeah. he, he can talk about any boxer mm-hmm. in American history. He can mm-hmm. talk about boxers in the 1800s. Eddie Kingston knows all Japanese wrestling. Yep. Eddie Kingston's giving shout outs to, to like, 
like obscure federations on yeah. dark and dark elevation. I love guys that know history. I love it. And I love guys that respect history. And most of the people in, in AEW, that seems like who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that rubs off on people as they come in. Mm -hmm. It's introduced to the younger wrestlers. Yeah, I think that is cool. So and and so that's something to go back and look um, on on the on the punk match. Now, I didn't even have a problem with him not getting beat by all those power bombs because mm -hmm. it was even when I rewatched it, they were giving him a lot of time. They were so lackadaisical about it. It was like, you know, I'm going to hit yeah. you with three power bombs, but then I'm going to let you recover for like two minutes. That's the thing is the, the, the whole story is Wardlow could have finished him at any time. Yes. yes. But, but he was very he was not doing it because of MJF. Right. And so the only thing that I would have changed, uh, well, there's a couple little things, uh, but the really the only thing I, that I think would have really addressed there are only criticism. seven things I would have changed. Yeah, there are only seven things, and it, well, yeah, two of them were just two less power bombs. But okay, at the very end when MJF uh, is is um, telling him to hit one more time and Punk hits the roll up, Aubrey Edwards gets distracted by MJF when she's mm -hmm. telling him. If they had just played that up a little more where he had taken Aubrey and distracted her fully. And all punk had to do was just headbutt him right in the no nose. Oh you know, yeah. As he picks yeah. him up, just a headbutt to the groceries. Wardlow to is the groceries. War, war, Love it. Wardlow doubles over and is in pain. And now he's ready for the small package. I think the one thing that people didn't like about it was they felt like, how did, you know, how did he, how did, how did Wardlow fall to a small package? And it's like, well, how did Wardlow fall to a small package after CM Punk has been being brutally murdered right. for the last 15 minutes? Just only one murder, answer. number of murders. He'd been yeah. murdered so many times. Right. And then he just rolls him up into a small package and right. does it. And a man. All you, all you had to do though size. was hit him in the nethers and, <laughs> right. and he would have been ripe for the, although you do have to give punk credit for hooking the feet when he did the small package the way that they did, the way God intended a small package. That's exactly right. That was a great small package. By the way, you just reminded me of something hmm. very much akin to the fact that nobody can finish an interview in AEW, something they do way too many mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. How many times have we seen CM Punk? No, not CM Punk. How many times have we seen Orange Cassidy get hit in the, in the nether regions? Oh, it many, feels like many, many 50 times. times. Like yeah. everyone, everyone and their cousin yeah. pops orange in, 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 below the belt every week, yep. it feels like. In the tangerines. Yes, in the tangerines, exactly. In the satsumas. And uh, they need to slow down on that. They need to move, like, give give some of those to Wheeler Yuta. Give some of those to Trent. That's Let's right. spare Orange is sat, uh, his tangerines for at least unless, a, a unless it's on weeks. Rampage, because I always laugh whenever uh, Taz calls a move right in the yam bag. <laughs> <laughs> I, that never gets old to me. I can agree to that. Let's just just put him on Rampage. That works for me. But yeah, I just felt like CM Punk was beat down. So I never like when someone has gotten beat down for an extremely long period of time and then 20 seconds goes by and they just boom win the match right. or pull off a major move. Like they mm -hmm. they should still be suffering from yeah. this beating. Like he should yeah. be probably unconscious after 5 to 20 power bombs. Right. Um and so, yeah, that and again, that was just a small thing. And you're right. You're absolutely right. MJF is a little more forceful with the distraction. Mm -hmm. Gets him with the, the, the yam bam. Is that what it the, is? The yam bag. The yam bag. That's right. That gets him in the yam bag. And uh, that's a whole and that's a whole nother match. Whole that's, other a, match. that's phenomenal. 
Okay, let's see. What was next after that? We had uh, Martin and Hobbs. Dante Martin. Yeah, that was. I remember that being a good match, but it I don't remember good. the match. So I think my hypercritical Wednesday night mind that I watch while I'm taking notes and stuff. I think this is when I started to be really critical because I thought, well, why are they having like a giant man versus a little man match right after they just had a giant man match for, versus a little man match? Okay, I hadn't even thought of that. That's um, a point. But when I watched it again, I was like, well, they were just very different matches. I mean, this was a yeah. high flyer and Hobbs looked great. Yeah. Um, to me, it actually built up like, man, someday we're going to see Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And that's and we'd just been talking the week before about how we need that's more right. Ricky Starks and, and Hobbs. Yeah. On yeah. TV. And the and and they built him up. He looked like a star. Yeah. Um, you this know, felt no like Leo, but the yeah. elevation of him and Wardlow tonight again at the same time. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people are probably thinking, man, one day we're going to get Hobbs versus Wardlow. Yeah. Yeah. Because Wardlow's uh, going to be a face when he turns. Oh, he's going to be so like, big. He's got to be. You, you know, it was interesting. Uh, speaking of Wordlow, someone had posted somewhere. I don't remember if it was in our group or or just out there in the wild of Twitter. But someone had posted the original introduction video of Wordlow. You can find it on YouTube on the, um, I think it's the original All Out uh, buy-in show. I remember, I remember this video somewhat. Yeah. It and was like... Just kind of scrolled up on him or something like that. Yeah, he's a, he's in a parking lot and he's with Anna Jay of all people. What? And he's I don't all dressed. This he's dressed up in like nice shirt and stuff. He looks real. And his hair short. He didn't have the ponytail yet. And he stumbles upon uh, three people. One of them is um, uh, Shoddy, Big Shoddy, Lee Lee Johnson, um, Lee Johnson, uh, Alan Angels. Okay. And a couple other people from the night. It's all Nightmare Factory people. Yeah. And this is Anna Jay's before Anna Jay was anybody. Um, and they, they're like, it's kind of seen out of the Terminator. Like they're all like talking trash to him or whatever. Anna Jay just proceeds to then unbutton his shirt and remove his shirt for them. And he lays waste to these five guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this now. Yeah. I remember like a video where like the camera scrolled up and you just saw this monster of a man yeah. and it's just Wardlow. And yeah. that's all I remember. I don't remember this. I got to see that. He lays waste to him and then he's like gives the camera like a smoldering look. And you're just like it. You know, you would have thought he was hook. He looked so cool. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's it's interesting to go back and see it because, man, back then, even then that debut before he had even debuted nationally. You were like, this guy's going to be, you know, someone said that like backstage people look at Wardlow like he's James Bond because he just dresses to the nines and he just looks great. Yeah. He reminds me of he reminds me of really Batista right before Batista became a main eventer. You know, you Batista's know. A, guy, a name that I hear associated with him and with 10 a lot. Like these guys, yeah. they see these two guys potentially being a Batista type. And I like the way you just described the way they see Wardlow, because that's something that even comes across on BTE when almost every time Wardlow's been on BTE, it's been interacting with the Dark Order. Mm -hmm. And it's always the Dark Order geeking out over how amazing he looks. And Wardlow responds to them basically the way James Bond would respond to yeah. John Silver <laughs> is long, if he wasn't allowed to kill John Silver. Right. You know, right. like he stays cool. He stays above it. Mm -hmm. He's clearly slight, like 
he's he's a little honored he's a little annoyed like you would be at john silver talking about your body extensively Mm -hmm. and he comes off like just a really cool dude and above the fray and i love that i love that there needs to be more like again i like the john silver stuff i like the best friend stuff Mm -hmm. but i also like for there to be adults that are above all that that's right that are just badasses it came across on friday night when sean spears was cutting his promo and the way they shot it was, uh, you know, he's looking into the camera the way MJF does, and Wardlow is just kind of in the background under his shoulder, behind it, over his shoulder, kind of rolling his eyes at him. And the dude's dressed like a million bucks. He just looked awesome. And the whole time, the crowd's chanting Wardlow. And that's the perfect way to bring him up because it's just like, yeah, he's not even going to do anything in here. It's the, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a joke to bring up Hook again, but that's yeah. what worked with Hook. You put yeah. him in, you make him the coolest guy in the room, and he says nothing. Listen, it doesn't matter if you are Wardlow. It doesn't matter if you look like a human sweet potato like myself or if you're Ed in San Antonio who looks like a maniac. If you have a well-fitted suit, yep. always, they default to it. If you don't know what to wear, wear the suit. Yeah. Wear the suit to go to Walmart. It doesn't matter. People are going to be impressed. Like yeah. Just looking like a bad, mo- like a bad mother effer. It's never going to hurt you, or at least as close as you can get to it as a human sweet potato, which, by the way, if you're a fan of BTE, you know that right now Colt Cabana has been transformed into a miniature pumpkin. Oh, my gosh. I got to get caught up on that then. You apparently do. There's been some real issues. They they voice over the pumpkin. The the pumpkin's mouth doesn't move, but it's it's just Colt Cabana. They keep forgetting him places. There's a lot going on. One of them tried to almost was going to squash him. By the way, BTE is not been great lately i feel like this week's episode was like eight minutes long and um like there's not really bad segments but it's eight minutes long it's crazy short Hmm. um so then we had let's see we had the chris jericho interview uh let's see kings to start trouble with the inner circle was this built around a match i can't remember offhand yeah it was it it was it it was building up for the uh sammy versus garcia that's right both both we had both of them at ringside they're both gonna be at ringside and then of course we had uh we had uh david crockett was back ringside again for this one yep um which i enjoyed i like and it's clear that he's there like they were in the charlotte area so Mm -hmm. or greenville or wherever and so uh they had him there, which I liked. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this is clearly building a Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston in the weirdest way. Like they're, they're yeah. both defending their guys. Uh-huh. It seems like there's got to be a better way to lead to these two guys feuding. It's so weird how Eddie Kingston is the king of like very small feuds with very popular people. Yeah. And I don't really know why. I don't know that if that's is. just everybody wants to wrestle Eddie and Eddie wants to wrestle them. Yeah. But Eddie does. Eddie is not getting the big feud he deserves. And maybe they're killing time because like that we both know AW stacked right now. AW has so many people and I get and. Tony Khan being the guy who had the Adam Page match laid out three years in advance. Right. I think everybody there, they have their stuff laid out, their big runs. And I have a feeling Eddie has to have one. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to have something major planned for him. It's just not the time, and they want him to be in angles with big people. So they yeah. keep rotating in big people. But Eddie's got to beat some of these people at some point, in in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think Jericho's a, a great one to do it with. And yeah. I wonder if they're leading towards Jericho going, heel again 
Oh, well, that's a good question. And Jericho, to me, the two guys who've been more willing than anybody else to put over the young talent, Chris Jericho, and love him or hate him, Cody Rhodes. Yep. Cody true. has put over MJF. He put over Sammy Guevara. He's put over almost a, I, he. To me, even Lou, even beating Anthony Agogo, he was building Anthony Agogo because Anthony had crushed him, crushed him, crushed him. He yeah. had to work to beat this rookie, and mm-hmm. like like that one didn't work. It didn't really get Anthony Agogo over. Mm-hmm. But and Cody has said he regrets everything, every yeah. single thing in that angle. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate him saying that. Right. Um, it made good reality reality TV. Oh, I didn't know that's where that actually happened. I don't watch that anymore. Yeah. But they had they had a whole episode just about the Anthony Agogo. Oh man. But so. that said, he and Key and Chris Jericho are all about putting over the younger stars. And I'm hoping that Jericho sees Kingston as a younger star because he is new to the majority of the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't win any rookie of the year awards last year. He probably did for all I know. Yeah. Now, hey, look, if, back to our original topic, if you want to build to something that becomes a blood feud, mm-hmm. those two could have a match. Oh, my that, God. You know, they if have... you, the, like a match for respect, like a yeah. like a Terry Funk, Ric Flair, I quit match that ends with them shaking each other's hand. Yeah. Like that. The That's the kind of stuff that would be, you know, on pay-per-view. <laughs> I think it was Rhodes Funk that I'm thinking of. There was an old, and it wasn't PWI. It was a, one of the secondary mm-hmm. wrestling magazines mm-hmm. from my youth from like the mid-80s. And I remember, I'll never forget the headline. It's like Rhodes Funk Wars, the streets of Atlanta run red with blood. Yeah. And man, when I saw that come into the store, my little yeah. eyes were like, they were anime eyes before yeah. anime eyes were even a thing in America. Right. They were like pie plates. I was so, I just snatched that magazine up and like went to my little spot in the back of the store and started like flipping through. Yeah, that that just made me think of that. Yep. Uh, okay, so then we had the Adam Page the the, the Adam Page promo. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, I don't remember a word of the promo right now. I don't remember any pages. Of it. Yeah, nothing. That's I mean, that's kind of the problem. Like, what was he doing? What was he talking about? He, was he? Ta- I think he was talking about like new challenges and yeah. He just sort of reset the table. He recapped, you know, hey, I I went against the best wrestler in the world. We went for ninety minutes, and I proved that I'm the champion. Mm-hmm. Everyone cheered, and then he said, you know, and now I need a new challenger. And Dan Lambert came out. This is what you're saying right here. It leads into an issue that somebody else brought up with me recently, which is. When they are doing promos that are going to get interrupted, which is all the promos, Mm -hmm. they need to be real promos. They need to have a point so that let's say the person that's going to interrupt, let's say they have a heart attack. God love them. Hope it never happens. Let's say somebody has an actual heart attack. They need to be able to complete the promo. And it seemed like a real promo. Yes. And this that felt like the reason I can't remember any of it is because that wasn't a promo that was written to be interrupted. It was never supposed to have a, an end to it. Yeah. And they need to feel like they're going somewhere, whether they're supposed to or not. That's true. And I, and I think especially with Paige, because yeah. because. It is clear as we, you know, both of us, big time Adam Page supporters, we both wanted to be Mm -hmm. the champion right now. Uh, We both root for him, but he is not the biggest star on the show. And if he's not the biggest star on the show, he needs to be, he needs to be, or he needs to at least be in the same segments with the biggest stars in the show. And right now he's not. And so the deal with the deal with Page is he can work. And I think I still have faith in him, but you've got to keep the gas on him. You can't 
take the gas off. And I feel like what happens when he comes out and just says, well, I won that match. What's up next? Like it, uh, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, the oomph as a star that a John Moxley does where he could just come out and say, I don't care who's next, you know, and people will say, what a great promo. He's got to have something to get to, to, to get, you know, and, and so I I have an idea. Yeah. I have an idea on where that's going to go. And um, I'm sorry for jumping in there. No, but, go ahead. Uh, like what I was going to say is I have an idea on where that's going to go, but I want to save that for our special bonus show coming up very soon. It's going to be the AEW State of the Union in 2022. I think we're probably doing this show next week. Are, are you with me on that? Yeah. We haven't said yeah, time yet, but whenever, yeah. Yeah, we're going to knock Sometime this out soon. before the end of the month, and that's going to be available for everybody on the Fight Game Media pa- Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash fight game media, uh, and that's $5 a month. That's all it is, and every month you're going to get a bonus show, at least one bonus show from us, because I'm really wanting to do some extra bonus shows, some bonus mm-hmm. video con, bonus, bonus, some bonus video content, but you're also going to get a lot of shows from everybody else as well for only $5 a month. Again, Kevin already saved you four dollars today you always man come on but no for real like i'm really excited to do this and we're going to talk about everybody that's available as free agents who they should sign who they shouldn't who they might maybe should cut along with uh what we think of the free agents they signed so far in 2021 last year who we think worked who didn't work who should they let go and who should they retool that's going to be a really fun show kevin there's so many people available right now and uh as many people as they've signed recently there's so many more we know are coming that's right and yeah and that that's what's gonna be fun about this show is because it it's it's gonna be too big to fit in into a regular show and still talk about what's happening that week yeah by the way this is something we were uh, like i wanted to talk about way closer to the beginning of the show but there's like (laughs) this whole dynamite show the the dichotomy over whether people loved it or hated it I totally just got lost in the in this conversation because it's really interesting to me yeah. that I could see something and love it and everybody else could see something and really right. not like it. And that fascinates me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like let me let me get ahead. back to Paige real quick. If you yeah, it, it, uh, is because when you talk about what we love and hate, this is something I didn't like. Now, the, the segment itself is fine, mm-hmm. but. Uh, this is this goes back to what we talked about last week with Paige and even a little before that, which is they have these segments that take place in their own little world or, you know, and they don't overlap. So, mm-hmm. like, one of the things I liked was after the pay after the punk match, you had MGF come out like a segment or two later and cut this wild promo later. Yeah. You know, it's not all in one. The Paige promo I think, you know, like we talked about, he didn't have a lot to say in his promo. He gets interrupted. Uh, Archer comes out, beats him down, puts him to the chair. That's all fine. But then that was it. There was no, hey, we'll get an update on him later. There was, it's a world champion. Like he needs to be the biggest deal on the show. It should be a deal where later on we see him in the back with a bandage on his forehead. Right. He's throwing chairs around. Yeah. He's wrecking the place, you know, and he's like, you know, grabs the camera or whatever. And is like Lance Archer. The next time I see you, you're dead. Yeah. That's all you need. That is 20. You could do that in 20 seconds. Yeah. You don't even need a half minute for that. Right. It's so easy. And it gives him momentum. It puts the gas on him. Yeah. Um. So I'm just going to say right now, I think, I think this entire Lance Archer thing could get wrapped up next week when, uh, with a return from John Moxley. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. we can talk about this more on the special show. I think that's I think that's the main guy that we're that Adam Page. We've talked about this previously. Adam Page is going to be in a segment with, and I think it's going to happen real soon. To where the Lance Archer thing just might be a little bridge to roll right into that. I think you're um, right. we might even get a three way with the, with those three, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, there was just so many big things on this episode. Uh, again, we already talked about Deeb and, Sh- and Sheeta. I don't think we need to add too much to that. Unless the, do you have anything extra on no, that? No, I don't really have anything to add to that. What did, What did you think of the Penta Matt Hardy match? I I, I liked it, but I, it wasn't like wasn't the best thing I ever saw. Again, I don't remember that much of it right now, but that's common for me. Well, I have talked in the past about how I've started starting to develop an ir- irrational annoyance with Pentagon with Penta L Zero. Oh, you know. okay, give it to me. Just. Just, you know, that, that I see that I think I said it last week that he is he's the guy in the Nintendo 64 game who just keeps taunting until he gets a special move. That's right. And sorry. Right. And and we were blessed this uh, for fans of Penta this week with an entire segment, a two and a half minutes of the match from the bell to the picture in picture where there were three moves and about 25 taunts. The man Each. has zero fear, Kevin. <laughs> he needed to let everyone know that. He did. He did. He needed to make he sure did. it was clear. Because listen, I don't know if you know this. English isn't his first language, Kevin. That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, true. that's right. He, he needs to. He has, I think he works extra yes. hard to get his point across that he, in fact, has zero music. Just in case. Just in case you had question. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and Matt Hardy made to be sure that something that's was going to get deleted. <laughs> See what you just said. That's one of the things. Like, look, when I'm watching the show again, I am consuming whatever I'm seeing. I'm not thinking about it. I will think about it later when I yeah. talk to people after. Never hit me. See, it's like two and a half minutes straight. Two and a half minutes, and that oh, right there, it like it was like it was like three chops, twenty five <laughs> zero meadows, and about twenty seven deletes. I am. S- Look, I'm a mark. I'm a mark the, for zero meados. I'm hey, a mark for all of them, man. You know and what? So that right there, though, that's a good example of what I was talking about. What did I love that other people didn't like? Mm-hmm. And that's a great example because I totally get somebody getting incredibly pissed off at that. I totally get that. That's what I want. That like, that's what I want people to let me know on Twitter, on Fight Game Media, and that's what I was wanting out of this discussion because that's a legitimate gripe. Yeah, but here's the thing. I watched it again today, and it still bothered me. I was still like, oh, gosh, <laughs> like, just skip through. But there was a little voice inside of me that was like, you know what? That's pro wrestling. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's It doesn't matter what works. If yeah. it works, it works. And that crowd was saying delete. I mean, it was it was Matt that Hardy's crowd, hometown crowd. That's right, because they, they were, were going totally back and into forth it. with Zero Miedo and delete. Right. That's right. And I remember that now. From what we crowd- learned from... Yeah, when it's over, it's over. That's something that has changed significantly since the days of our youth is the crowd now expects to be part of the show. And those two guys both have the perfect catchphrases to get the crowd involved. And that's what the crowd they gave the live crowd. I think what the live crowd wanted, and that is very often going to annoy the shit out of people watching at home, especially older dudes watching at home. Cause I know my buddies get way more ticked off at crowd involvement than I do. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't like, 
like I think a lot of older people don't like the yeah. crowd forcing themselves to be a part. And that was fan service right there. That yeah. was, yeah, was. given the crowd what they wanted, which was allowing them a chance. Yeah, it was house show stuff, which you have to do. Right. And those are the two guys to do it. And I liked seeing that the crowd seemed to be as into the Zero Miedo or more than they were into the Delete, yeah. which is cool because – Look, Pentagon. Pentagon was a, a, a you know, a, a, a wrestling. Uh, oh, the, the 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 show that was on Netflix. Um, either the, way, he's not an AEW original. Yeah, he's not the one that was like happening in a pyramid. Um, yeah, Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like I'm saying, like he was a thing before AEW, right. but not to national TV audiences. Yeah, yeah. And it shows he's gotten over. In a like to a, the same extent as Matt Hardy, who even though it hurts me to watch him walk yes. because I know what it looks like to have garbage knees, which his he doesn't have. There is no yeah. kneecap there, man. That's bone no. on bone. That's thigh on whatever. And he's like, doing moon salts. It's insane. It's it, it reminds me of like a ten or fifteen years ago, legitimately two thousand and six. Wrestling Observer Radio or whatever it was at the time, Brian and Dave talking, Dave Meltzer said that Ray Ray Mysterio Jr. was told when he asked if he could jump off the top rope, they said, brother, you don't need to jump off a curb. Yeah. And he's still wrestling today. Still out there. That's right. Oh, my God. Is he going to have a hard 60s if he makes it, man? Yeah. Much less Matt Hardy. I saw, I saw Matt Hardy leg drop edge off of a cage live in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And that was 15 years ago. Maybe? Sounds about right. Sounds Something about like right. That. Yeah. That guy's hurting. So yeah, it just that kind of leads me to ask, though. There were, he had a little promo after that. Yeah. Go ahead. It, yeah. Yeah. He's just sort of like still. Yeah. This uh, is another big deal. He does a little promo like afterward where he's questioning. Right. He's questioning himself. I got to think about myself. Maybe this Matt Hart, this Hardy family office thing is too much. And Andrade comes up and sort of talks about how they both love money. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's leading toward basically Andrade buying the contracts of the HFO mm-hmm. and 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 the faction kind of moving over to him and freeing and Matt maybe Hardy. Jeff Hardy comes in. There's yeah. something else I saw today that I had no clue about, and that is I saw an article today. It wasn't from a major source, but it seemed well cited. Mm-hmm. And uh it was the fact that so we all we all are pretty sure Jeff Hardy's coming. Like it seems like yeah. it's gonna happen. And that looked like it was definitely a move in that direction, which would be great. But I saw that AEW was negotiating last year with Lita to come in yes. and feud with Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. And if you were even considering Lita, bring her in with Jeff Hardy and bring back that original crew, the Hardys and Lita, mm-hmm. the crowd would go insane. Lita would be a great addition to the women's division for a little while, little while or years to come. Either way, I don't know what, what shape Lita's in today wrestling-wise. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to find out in the Royal Rumble, and we could see another deal where WWE has, has debut somebody like Christian, and they're just fed right That's to true. AEW. That was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we could see that again with Lita. And I would that would I just think if you're going to bring back Jeff, bring her in too, do the whole original deal again. That would be amazing. All the all the tag teams they would have to work with mm-hmm. all the tag teams now that would probably like give their left yam bag <laughs> to work with the Hardys and Lita. Like yeah. the, the trios matches you could have would be amazing. Yeah. And they and uh, yeah, I know. And 
when I look at Matt Hardy, I'm like, oh, I don't need to see him wrestle anymore. And I, and I honestly, that's Jeff's why doing I want better. more. I want give me Lita, give me Jeff. Like let Matt stand in that corner yeah. for for twenty out of twenty two minutes. Have him yep. tag in at the very end, yep. do a move. That's you're that's right. All I and want. if there's one thing we know that they can do there, is make older people who can't do a lot look like a million bucks. They do it time and time again, and uh, and I'd love to see a run like that with Matt Hardy. I think he he he's done great work with a lot of these younger teams. He's made mm-hmm. the pro- like he, he's done like Private Party. Everybody he's done really good work, and um, he's he's I love seeing older guys do everything they can for the younger guys, even if that's stealing sixty percent of their paycheck. It makes them look that's good right. on that's national right. television. I think that would be absolutely great. And that's this is an example of something that was a big it felt big mm-hmm. as it happened. It felt like it was pretending of, mm-hmm. ma- of major future events. And I've totally forgot. Like it didn't even it, it was just yeah. it's in my notes somewhere. Look, it's like didn't it's, even think about it because so think, much happened. I think we talked a few years back about how our years back a few weeks back about how um, after um, what was the last pay-per-view all out mm-hmm. or not all out. Um I just agreed. I didn't even yeah. think. I just agreed. <laughs> mm, totally. That just shows you have a lot of trust in me. Uh, yeah. when, well, when Hangman won the title, that it was... Um, Revolution, right? No, Revolution's coming up. Full gear. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> My God. I got to keep a list. Uh, anyway, when Hangman won the title, that was basically the end of phase one. Yeah. of AEW universe, you know, and just like we see in like Marvel movies and things like that, there's a table setting thing where they're doing things that may not seem like they're going anywhere right now, mm-hmm. but three years from now, you'll be like, Oh, I see where that was setting the table. And I think like, that we all have to have a lot of patience because that's what they're doing right now is sort of setting up. Okay. We've told our first huge story and now we have a next thing. And now the next thing is going to be building up the Daniel Garcia's and the Hobbs and the Wardlow's and the, and that's and the what future I stars. Excited for those things and that's why i like yeah. this episode so much i think right like i'm i'm excited for the build and and i don't want the build of AEW to only be former wwe greats i love having them i right. love brian danielson i'm loving his matches more now than i've probably ever loved brian danielson matches. yeah me too and i'm really into what's happening with cm punk and that's why i was really into this wardlow thing because mm-hmm. that's going somewhere this is something big is going to come out of this CM Punk either realize maybe getting in a funk, wondering if he still has it or feeling like he's got to hit the gym and you do an MMA montage or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but if it's going somewhere and, and this whole episode felt like and I saw criticism over that. I think, again, I did not hear Lance Storm say this. Someone told me this, but I trust them that he felt this whole show was building. And I I don't mind that if you're giving yeah. me matches at the same time. And I, I mm-hmm. love the final match and uh, everything. Everything yeah. else was enough. Everything else they gave me was enough. I did again would have liked somebody a little little higher profile than Bear Country, right? But yeah, I I think I think they they I think if if there is a criticism, they should they they could maybe do a better job of having a blend between um the this is something that's coming to a conclusion this mm-hmm. is something that's starting and this is something that's in the middle kind of woven in a little bit better where they're not having these big cycles of this is a yeah. huge week where everything happens and we have yep. three title matches and then next week's all table setting yep that and no that's that, been a, that's just a rhythm it's been a major weakness they've had is yeah. when like your phase one is over mm-hmm. the first couple weeks of phase two are bumpy 
and sometimes yeah. terrible shows. Mm-hmm. Like there are few bad, the few shows I've thought were genuinely bad were generally right after a major blow off pay per view for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, for instance, like we haven't seen uh, Brian Danielson for a few weeks. He needs nope. to be there. Yeah. Um, again, you can set like CM Punk was a big part of this. We saw the world champion. We saw Chris Jericho. We had major stars. But you need to make sure you but have no one big presence. That's true. Adam None of Cole didn't wrestle. Hangman Page didn't CM wrestle. Punk did, though. Bucks didn't. Yeah, Punk was Punk. He was, was the only really one. the only A-list star. Yeah. Because I don't really consider and Sammy that quite yet. It's No, not no. Sammy's B-list right now, I think that's fair to say. Um, that's a good point. And this is the A-list show. One of only two TV shows they put on per week. You need more A-listers on your on your A-show. You absolutely do. 100% right. And again, I think that an a, a group of A-listers should have been wrestling... Uh, should have been wrestling the acclaimed who are really getting they're getting built up so well right now, especially if you would have dropped that video that we saw on Rampage. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we are like we're an hour in and we're still on dynamite. So uh, <laughs> let's see. We, we hit on some of the Rampage stuff, though. We did hit on video. some of uh, I think the only thing we didn't really touch on was the Jurassic Express uh, Dark Order tag match. Did you like that? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. What what did you think? You I looked hesitant to fun. me right there. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, Who knows this week? I love, I, again, I really do love Reynolds and Silver. I love them as a tag team together. I like them in the ring. And I think this is what a lot of people don't understand about my love for them. I like them in the ring just as much as I like them being goofy on BTE. They're incredible workers. I really mm-hmm. think they're phenomenal. And we saw we saw them go just wild on 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 Jungle Boy on Luchasaurus yeah. and it looked like for a second I wanted to tweet I wish I'd been watching it live because I would have made a tweet about John Silver just like he just won recognition as one of the new pillars of AEW and he was absolutely <laughs> destroying Jungle Boy of course they came back won the match but this made them look like legit contenders and they were the number five contenders yeah. and they looked like a real challenge to Jurassic Express the only downside of Silver and Reynolds is the fact that the more we see them, the less we see uh, Evil Uno and his tag team partner. Yeah. And that's a shame because they're a great tag team as well. And yeah. there's just not enough spots for everybody. Um, yeah. Two great tag teams in one faction. Yeah. But they were, they were to me, they were, this was the perfect first defense of a new champion. Yeah. Babyface champion team. It was, they like, got tested. The team they that's in good. the mix, but they're not the number one contenders. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a test, but you're also going to show how good this new team is or these new champs are. To me, that's exactly what you need. You know, there was some real awkwardness right before, and I can't remember what it was, but like when Silver and Reynolds were about, uh, when it, when Mark Henry was talking to both teams, like, Silver and Reynolds said some goofy stuff that was like yeah. way goofier than usual. I don't remember what it was. And yeah. I think like the response was a little goofy. I'm like, this just get him to the ring. Yeah, just get, get the, the rest and everything's gonna be great. Silver Silver loves that Mark Henry segment a little too much. So he loves it so much. Oh yeah. my god. By the way, I've got to give um Luchasaurus uh some credit here. Luchasaurus to me was one of the worst, one of the lesser workers in AEW for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked bad in most matches. Mm-hmm. He moved, he did really cool moves in slow motion, which made yeah. him look not cool at all. And I, he might still do that, but I haven't noticed it 
I haven't noticed it in a while now, and I feel like he stepped it up a notch. Yeah, a little while before they became champions. So yeah, he definitely. I've given, him, I've given him so much criticism online. I felt like I needed to say that somewhere yeah. publicly because he's done a great job, and I he, want him. He really to be has. Success. He really has pulled his weight, and and it's such a great fan favorite team. Just the two of them, you know. That he gets yeah. more chance than Jungle Boy at the beginning of the matches, partially because it's just easier to chant. But yeah, um, now he did. <laughs> he did totally botch one thing in that match where they were about to do the uh four high stacked up they had to try it twice they had yeah, to come back right because because yeah. uh luchasaurus just sort of carried him off and you could kind of i can't remember who he was <laughs> he who he was carrying back. but the guy was, was like carrying, you could see the guy saying like wait go back <laughs> he was carrying i think john silver yeah and he was going back to connect with alex reynolds who had jungle boy on his back yeah and i can't even explain the moves that happened on the way down i know john silver just kind of came straight yeah. down while jungle boy pulled off his move on alex reynolds yeah uh but yeah i did remember that I didn't even think of it that much as like it was clearly a botch. It was yeah. clearly a botch. I didn't even think of it live as a botch live. I watched it earlier today. And but yeah, I remember as soon as you start saying it, I'm like, like, yep, they walked forward, then walked back four <laughs> steps, and then did the move. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, it point. was the equivalent of, it was the equivalent of walking out of the house driving away without your wallet. You're just yeah. like, you get down the driveway and you're like, oh crap. I forgot maybe, to pick up the other two guys. Maybe the reason that I didn't even look at this as that big of a botch is because legit, even my dog has learned this. Like when I tell her we're about to go somewhere, because I take her with mm -hmm. me everywhere I go mainly, um, I'll go out to the car and be like, forgot my wallet, come back out get my wallet, go back to the car, forgot my phone. I like guess three or four yep. times. And she knows now, like she yeah. hangs out <laughs> right next to the fence. Like I will, yeah. I, like we'll figure, like we're not doing this the first two tries. I know that. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. But no, that was really fun. What were the other big match? Let's see. The Trent. I really liked the Trent match um, mm -hmm. against Adam Page. Um, that was a fun match. I, I like. I like seeing Trent in singles. I think Trent could be a really important guy in the singles world. I could see him maybe getting a TNT title at some point, and I hope he gets pushed like that. Um, I just I like seeing him in singles matches, especially against a guy uh, like Adam Cole. Um, I, I'm re like Adam Cole is a bigger deal to me right now than some of the other bigger guys he signed with, like Brian Daniels and CM Punk, mainly because he's working every week. We like Punk, we're not seeing every week, and you shouldn't see him every week. And the same with Brian Danielson, but Cole, we do see every week, and he's in major programs. Even if people don't think Best Friends is a major program, we're building towards something with the Young Bucks. He's there with Britt. He feels big, and he's somebody big. We get every single week, mm -hmm. and I'm loving Adam Cole, and and it makes it makes Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly feel a little small to me because I know they're they're great workers like Adam Cole, but we've seen zero personality from either of them yet. Um, yeah. I, and we haven't really gotten a lot of room, but the really the guys with real personality, they can they can do in just seconds what we see other guys work years to do. Yeah. And I and I just don't feel like it's coming anytime soon. And that's and it goes back to that whole thing. What's their gimmick? They're good workers. Right. And we need a little more. But I loved I love seeing Adam Page and Trent. That was a good match. What were the what were the other matches on Rampage? Rampage was a solid show this week for me. Let's see. Do we have a list here? Let me I've got this pulled up here. Let's see. I had a list, but I'm going to Adam skip Cole one. versus Trent. Then we had 
Sean Spears versus Andrew Everett lasted 10 seconds. <laughs> I was That's fine I with it. it. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like, again, I think it should have been again, like against somebody like Sean Dean, but if you're going to have a squash, squash mm-hmm. Andrew Everett. Uh, and then I think, okay. Chris Statlander, red velvet, Layla Hirsch versus Nala Rose. Yes. Before the bunny. I am very confused right now about the world of Chris Statlander. Yep. Chris Statlander is, a part of the best friends versus the versus the the super click with Red Dragon, and I love that. The Layla Hirsch feud is so secondary. I do not care about it. Layla tagged herself in at the end when Chris Statlander was running Rampage, and got they got who screwed up by by Penelope Ford and the Bunny. They got Layla Hirsch got pinned. Layla's looking angrily at Chris. Chris looking angry at Layla. Chris Which, Statlander feels above this feud right now to me, and I yeah, hate to say that because I like Layla. Yeah. Um, again, they I could do it. They could do this feud just as easily with Red Velvet and yeah. Layla. Just to if if the idea is to get Layla turned heel and give her more personality, she could do that with she could do that with anybody. Are you a Letterkenny fan? A who you watch Letter Letterkenny? The TV oh, show no, Letterkenny. I've never, no, I've never watched it. You need to give it a shot. There's okay. a bartender on Letterkenny who is a ridiculous human being because mm-hmm. everybody on Letterkenny is a ridiculous human being. Red Velvet does this thing where she will throw a kick that barely connects. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not have even connected, but it looks semi-believable. And then she'll do this entire body movement thing. And it is the exact same move that the bartender on on – there is basically a perverted female bartender on Letterkenny, and that's her like – She's turned on move. Okay. Red Velvet does Sean the Spears ring. in the chair thing. Yeah. And it, it throws me off every time I see Red Velvet do it. Cause I'm like, man, I don't think like this means a whole nother thing to me now that I've watched like 18 se- seasons of Letterkenny. <laughs> Either way, anybody that's watched Letterkenny, let me know on Twitter. If, if you see what I'm talking about, Red, again, Red Velvet has improved a lot. Um, I still mm-hmm. don't quite think she's there, but I like that they're giving pe- people like her and Layla shots. Cause Nyla Rose yeah. is, is there. The Bunny and Penelope Ford have kind of proven right. they're there pretty dang close to it. And we know mm-hmm. Chris Statlander is. So I like they're giving these ladies a shot with yeah. established characters. But I, but but you're right that like what's going on with Chris? Is she is she going after Britt Baker or is she? I mean, I think next week we'll know. I, th- I, yeah. I would anticipate something coming out next week to make it, Chris the next challenge. Yeah, it's like we we have Chris in this huge thing and then we have a beef where she's in it for 20 seconds and it feels major. And yeah. Then we have this where we get, I don't know what this was, let's say a seven minute match. Right. Five to seven minutes and it feels so minor. It feels so unimportant. Chris yeah. feels so much bigger than all this. And it's basically and, a retread on something that did on Dark or Elevation a few weeks back where yeah. where it was the same thing. And it's something like uh, our, our friend Jeff Hawkins has talked about on the Dynamite show of they do the they kind of get caught in these loops sometimes where they're yeah. not really sure whether you know or, or it's not it's like, time to pull the trigger. Didn't this feud in like yeah. three weeks ago. Like, but did, wait, Chris is wrestling MJF again? Right. What? Right. Yeah. And so it's like, well, you know, I would have thought, yeah, the last time she hosed you, stop teaming with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's no reason for Chris to team with her. There's no reason for Chris to be involved in this in any way. Yes. Chris is currently the number two contender mm-hmm. for the world champion for the, for the title that 
held by the woman she's kind of feuding with. Layla Hirsch isn't in this. Nobody, right. not one other woman in that match is in the top five. Well, Red Velvet's number five. I shouldn't have said that. Red Velvet mm-hmm. is number five. They were on the same team. This doesn't yeah. need to be happening. It doesn't need to be on TV. There's a lot of other matches you could have given us. They got a lot of women on TV, and kudos for that. And it wasn't yeah. a terrible match. Like, again, they had some bits of a feud that just doesn't really need to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. But again, main like let's see, the main event was uh main event was a good main event, mm-hmm. which was let's see. That was the Jurassic Express and Silver yep, Reynolds. That we already talked about exactly. So it was like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Dynamite a lot. I liked Rampage. It didn't feel big, but we got a world title match and it was a mm-hmm. very good world title match. It was very much a third hour of Dynamite. That's there you go. Exactly. Very much a third hour of Dynamite. Um so what did you see this week that wasn't on Dynamite and wasn't on Rampage that should have been on Dynamite or Rampage. So for me, it was the Twitter feud between FTR and the Briscoes. They are ramping this thing up. And last night, man, last night, uh, GCW, the Briscoes came out and said, Hammerstein Ballroom's coming up in a week. We don't have a match. Now, they did not say these exact words. There was a lot of profanity, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. But they said, we're going to be there, and we're doing an open challenge. We got the GCW titles. We we are calling out anybody that wants to face us. Listen, Ruby Soho's on that card, people. John Moxley's on that card. Um, There's a lot of AEW talent on that card, and I think FTR is going to hop on that AEW bus heading for New York City next Saturday. I think so. Oh, so why is it happening at GCW and not AEW is my question. I really think the thing that got the Briscoes canceled from wrestling in WWE, I think that is something that his I think Tony Khan's not going to sign him. I think Mm. it was too much. And what Mm -hmm. that is, I'll tell you all for anybody doesn't know, they basically said, and I do not know if this was a work or a shoot. It was on Twitter that basic something to the equivalent. If if I had a kid who turned out to be gay, I'd shoot them something to that effect. I don't again, I don't know if they were trying to do this in character. MJF does stuff like that, not to that extent, but very close all the time. I don't know, but I think it was so controversial. I don't think you. I don't think Tony Khan signs him in 2022, mm-hmm. and I think that's – look, look, I don't want to say that's a shame because that's freaking horrific. It's fucking horrible what they said. Yeah. But I think they've been the best tag team, one of the best tag teams in the last decade, and I really would like to see them get one one match on the big show. I mean, we had Nick Gage on AEW. The man's a legit felon. The man's been in prison. Yeah, he robbed a bank. <laughs> yes, robbing a bank is probably worse than saying horrible nonsense on Twitter. I personally, I could be wrong, but uh, I, I'm glad we're probably going to get this match. But I do wish it was an AEW. Yeah, and the um, I think Tony Khan did an interview this week where someone asked him specifically about the Briscoes, and he was very. Not sketchy, but just very noncommittal about it. Not in a like, not in a, like a teasing kind of. I want to make yeah. you think it's not happening, so this will happen kind of way. Yeah. More of a thing of like, well, they're great. I have and a just feeling, sort of brush past it. So I really knows? have a feeling he kind of feels like I do on it, and that he has to like the Briscoes as a tag team, as a wrestling yeah. act. I can, I don't think there's a lot of people that don't like him as an act, but man, that's. 
again, after the things he's gone through recently, it would be a real bad look signing the Briscoes even be. a one match right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a risk well, you don't, and, he doesn't have to take. And then someone else brought up that they are the sitting ROH tag team champions and there may be some, um, you know, ROH is getting really involved or at least what's left of ROH is getting really involved with impact right now. And there appears to be at least some sort of coordination with whatever remains of the ROH office yeah. to where there be, you know, they're having to, they're ha- they are having to coordinate a little bit with how these people are used. So there could be something yeah. where it's just, Hey, we're working with impact right now. We're not going to yeah. send them over to you, you know? I'm- and even, even with signing, even with having Nick Gage wrestle Chris Jericho, they have not, and they've had, again, John Moxley has mm-hmm. been in GCW. They've had a lot of guys in GCW. They're not quick to acknowledge GCW on TV. Again, no. there's GCW champions who've come in without the belts, things like that. It right. feels like there's a reluctance to acknowledge GCW, and they're the current GCW tag team champions. And again, they've got this checkered history. Yeah. But that's a good one. And that like that's been... I think like maybe two or three weeks now, that's been yeah. one of our picks. And that's had great. Scorchers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I've got, uh, there was a lot. So I did not, I watched all of Elevation this week. I watched most of Dark. The ma- the one match I have not seen on Dark is the one with Adam Page in it. It's Adam Page, five and 10 versus Matt Hardy. Um not psychosis. What's his name? Um, it's Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and um, Serpentico. Oh gosh! The, yes, the lineal. No, yes. he, he he was uh, my friend Brittany. My friend Brittany owns Elevate Pro Wrestling in mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans, and Serpentico was the uh, was the champion when when he left and went to AEW, which I think has because of that now Eddie Kingston's like the lineal Elevate Pro World Champion. Oh wow! But um, I haven't seen that match yet. But there was a lot of fascinating stuff on Dark and Elevation this week. Um, I think it's worth watching um, Will Hobbs squash match to listen to Eddie Kingston and um, Big Show straight up bury Mark Henry. Like Mark Henry got off the mic and Eddie Kingston <laughs> got on and he basically uh, talked about saving them all from, from uh-huh. uh, Mark Henry's jokes. And these men all just started burying Mark, Mark Henry's. By the way, Mark Henry's jokes are terrible. It's yeah. like, why, why did, why did a dad cross the road type stuff? <laughs> then right after that, we got QT Marshall versus Zach Clayton, who is apparently in, the reason I'm bringing this up, Zach Clayton, Looks like a million bucks. He's not a terrible wrestler. He looked fine, but he's married to, or he's about to marry Jay Wow from um from Jersey Shore, and oh, wow. all the Jersey Shore cast was ringside with all their kids, masked up, and they never got acknowledged on Dynamite or Rampage, but they got acknowledged on Elevation, and I think they were there the whole time. Just. They were there with their kids, so I don't think they probably wanted to be shouted out on national television. And it was really cool to see that. And there's like it opens up a lot of potential crossovers with MTV potentially in the future with this mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he looked good against QT Mar- Marshall. QT talked about how, of course, he is the biggest reality star in AEW because he's both been on Shack Life and Roads to the Top. It's true. It it's was true. It was wonderful. Like he is the heel. He is heel one of the best parts that, of Rose to the Top, actually. That, oh my God. I've got I'm gonna have to Don't, do like a binge one day. I'm gonna have to binge this and catch up. I'll I'm a, you'll have to deal with the fact that you'll start liking Q T Marshall. Oh my God. Oh, I'll remind myself that he's Q T Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> he, look, 
the more I, I will like QT Marshall, that just says he's a great heel. And I hate to say that. Yeah. He's the healest heel that ever healed. Orange Cassidy had a really good match with JD Drake, leading me to make some uh, Drake memes yes. involving JD Drake. I really enjoyed that They're match a lot. Thank you so much. Then we had Eddie Kingston versus Joey Janela, which legit could have been on Dynamite, could have been on Rampage. Joey Janela, who I noticed this weekend on GCW, better shape than he's ever been. He's with this chick now who I don't remember her name. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about that. She looks like a million bucks. Um, yeah, like I like I, I have criticized Joey Janela a lot. Frequently, his, his trunks look like he had a full diaper. <laughs> he was never in great shape. Um... I went so after after WrestleMania WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. Like I'm a New Orleans guy. All my friends are in town. Like we we attended about eighty GCW related shows beyond wrestling shows. And one night, I think it was after. I don't think it was the night of Mania. I think it was the night before. We stayed out till six. We stayed out till I got in my truck when the sun was coming up. And every bar we went in that night. No matter where it was, it didn't matter if it was 10 miles from the French Quarter. It didn't matter if it was in the French Quarter. Joey Janela was there, and Joey Janela <laughs> was going hard. And it looks like Joey Janela has legit cut down on his extracurricular activities and is getting serious. We know there was a meltdown about a month ago where he is he was DMing and blocking every wrestling media personality there was. Yeah, yeah. Um, including our own John LaRocca. That's right, <laughs> including our very own John LaRocca. And so I'm glad that it looks like something good came out of that because I'd been worried if they were even if Joey Janela was even with AEW anymore. I hadn't seen him in forever. Yeah. Then he had the Sunny Kiss hardcore match. Yeah. And now he's Kayla, getting, Kayla Rossi, by the way. Is the Kayla, thank you very much. She looks good. I hope hopefully she can wrestle and they can get her going yeah. in something. But uh, yeah, he looks muscular. He looks in shape. Um, and I'm happy for it because I'd love for him to be successful. He's a ridiculous human being, and I always love that about. Him. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and then, yep. And then I had the Briscoes Open Challenge thing was my next thing to talk about, which you already addressed. Uh, do you want to go over the ratings real quick before we head out of here? Yeah, let's let's place through that really quick, and then the loaded show for. Uh, oh, that's Dynamite right. We've got a lot too. of big stuff coming up. Yeah, we go through the uh, ratings super uh, quick because the ratings are always interesting. They are look, look, they're maddening if you if you try yeah. to if you try to like make sense of them, but they do. They are interesting little cars to show you where things are going uh, start, in the future. I'll start with a tag team and okay. Uh, okay. So tag teams, we've got Santana and Ortiz coming in at number five. Number four, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. Number three, Dax. No, number four, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR. Number three this week, and again, this was before their match for the titles, John Silver, Alex Reynolds. I have to think they're going to drop a little now that they're one and one. Uh, the number one contenders for the title, Anthony, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, the acclaimed, who had a phenomenal video this week. Uh, and then the number, but which, by the way, what was the name of that song? It was called Goth, it was called um, Goth something. Um, we're going to come back. To that. I'm going to find it. it in one second yeah. because I have some, I, there's something I want to point out about this. Let me uh, okay. pull YouTube up. Let me run down the women real quick. And then the champions, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Yep. So on the women's side, Red Velvet, number five, as we saw, Tay Conti, number four, Riho, still number three, Chris Statlander, number two, and Thunder Rosa, number one. So I'm not sure what that tells us about who's going to be facing Jade Cargill anytime soon, unless it's Thunder, um, because... Tay will probably get tied up with 
uh, Serena Deeb, Red Velvet is, you know, hanging out in six man matches. So, and they're all like one and oh, oh, and oh, and all this kind of stuff. So that could, that could get shaken up pretty quick. All right. Hit us with the men's ratings. Men's range right now. Daniel Garcia is number five, but that's Look before at that. the loss. Yeah. I know. I like seeing him in the top five. Me too. But he'll, he just got a shot, so he might he might fall off. Wardlow is number four. He also just suffered a loss uh, after this. Uh, Dante Martin, number three at 3-0. Powerhouse Hobbs, number two. So that could put Dante Martin all the way up to number two contender next week. Yeah. Adam Cole still sitting pretty at number one. And then uh, Sammy three Guevara. Three champions. Yeah. Three champions. Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes, co-holding the TNT title for now. That's right. Uh, and uh, Hangman Adam Page looking uh, to square off against a non-ranked contender right now. Right. So the the video was the acclaimed. The song was called Goth Phase. I could have sworn right. every time they said Goth Phase in the video, I thought they were saying Guy Phase. Like, <laughs> I, I like I like a little whatever reason. experimentation or something. Yeah. And then, yes. And then when I see the name, I'm like, that makes so much more sense. This yeah. makes so much more sense. Two grown Great. men going through a Goth Phase. Yeah. Goth I really. Phase. Yeah. I really did not expect to like the acclaims music video this much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still look at wrestlers rapping like PN News mm-hmm. and but this is better. It is better. It's not PN News. And uh, yeah. I enjoyed this video. Absolutely. Max Caster said he was going to hit Sting with the buckle bomb, which I thought was uh, ruthless. <laughs> it's ruthless absolutely line. ruthless. Just cold blooded. OK, we have a lot of big matches coming up this week. I'm clicking on. I think you've got the list, right? Yeah. So next week on Dynamite, they've announced uh, Sting and Darby versus the Acclaimed. Right. Uh, Punk versus Spears. Cole and Baker Which is versus. A, yeah, go ahead. It's a step down from Wardlow. It's a step it down. It is. And I'm I don't sure. think they realize it's a step down. But to everyone watching, they've done what they wanted to do. Wardlow yeah. is a bigger deal than Sean Spears. I'm pretty sure Sean Spears hasn't realized it's a step down. But no, absolutely. Uh, the Colin Baker versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. And to me, that's either, either got to kick off the show or end it. Cause that's the biggest yeah, match on the show. That's to me. a big match. And I love that match. Yeah, me too. Uh, Serena Deeb versus sky blue. That should be a clinic. Should be a beat down. And it's going to be yeah, phenomenal. It should be vicious. Yeah. Uh, house of black versus varsity blondes. That should be fun. Also feel like um, we're going to see pack there. Might, oh, oh might. you know what? Even if we don't see pack, we're probably going to get, um, the, uh, Julia Hart, turn with her black eye patch and black top. oh maybe they'll wait for that yeah yeah and then um ftr next ftr versus brock anderson and lee johnson and we didn't even talk about that but they had a no. little promo battle or not you know just a little square off between uh they were Arn trying anderson to recruit on right and i thought this was fascinating yeah like the guys who were the spiritual sons of the yes. of 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 Tully and Arn. That's right. Literally the saying, act- I'm the dad, I'm the son yeah. he wish he had. Yeah. Taking on his actual son. And mm-hmm. and I'd argue the top prospect coming out of the Nightmare Family, Lee Johnson, who I really like. And again, I've said this before. If you're giving me Lee Moriarty, I'd kind of rather have Lee Johnson at this point because you built him for the last year or two. A little bit, a little bit. And we yeah. have not seen a lot of him lately. And then we're getting the return of Cody Rhodes. The, the, yeah. That's a... That's a lot of big matches that's a for lot. Dynamite. That's a lot. That's 
six matches and six good matches. Really interesting matches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, and then, and then there's a hint of they haven't announced this yet, but I think we could probably safely assume we might get Leith, Jay Lethal against Ricky Starks next week on Rampage. Based I could, on, I could absolutely see that. Yeah. I think we have to, and that would be for the FTR title because I like that Jay Lethal straight up said. He, like paraphrasing him, this title is meaningless, but I want it because you care about it. Yeah. I want to yeah. take it from you. Right. I love that. That's great. By I the gotta, way, I got a That's another plug for our Patreon show. One of the things that I'm preloading as far as one of the things I want to talk about is the future of Team Taz that I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm excited because for the longest time we made fun of Team Taz. Like It doesn't get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I don't know, Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs both seem more meaty than they did and now mm -hmm. we have hook it's really interesting but one of the things i want to mention here my, my dog puppet up is begging me to go so we're about to wrap up okay. but sting and darby allen are taking on the number one tag team title contenders and it's mm. something that, that that hit me recently when uh in fight game media group we did a thing on best kind of tag team wrestlers who weren't really full-time tag team guys, yeah. one of the people I wanted to bring up at the time, and I kind of threw out, like, I'm not nominating this person for the Mount Rushmore, but Sting mm -hmm. had the tag team run with the Ultimate Warrior in the mm -hmm. Blade Runners. Then he was a had a big tag team going in Mid-South with Rick Steiner. Yep. He had, you know, he did the Dudes with Attitudes thing for a while. He had an amazing tag team with Lex Luger for a while, kind of doing their own mega powers. And again, yep. their match with the Steiner brothers is legendary to me and now teaming with darby allen we're seeing him in real tag team matches today if they beat the acclaimed man how fascinating would it be to see jurassic express versus sting and darby allen and i would love that for a I title. think that'd be I, so much fun i really want to see it and it's two teams like sting and darby are clearly faces mm -hmm. but they kind of feel like your stone cold Punisher anti-hero type guys. Yeah, they could go against anybody. Yeah. And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are clear faces who kind of feel like there might be a slow drift to mm -hmm, heel or mm -hmm. Christian will go heel. Like, I just think that would be fascinating. There's so many layers. And they're that, kind of mirror potential. teams, too. You've got the big guy who does the big power spots yeah. and the young, fast paced star. Uh, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I hope that happens. That would be phenomenal. Listen, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. This was a great week to talk about AEW. It was a lot of fun. And I think the amount of fun we had talking about this shows, Dynamite can't have been as bad as everybody thought. I really don't think it could have been. <laughs> We've proven um, it. Exactly. We've proven it right here by having a really good show. So can't wait to talk to all of you about this show this week on Twitter, at Peppermint Fatty, at Kevin Ely, and um, on the Fight Game Media Group. And as always, check out FightGameMedia.com. It's an awesome re resource to have for pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, everything. And uh, even if you're not sure you want to subscribe, check out Patreon.com slash FightGameMedia for the Fight Game Media Plus Patreon group. And I hope everybody has a great week, and I can't wait to talk to you all all Wednesday night online about this week's episode of Dynamite. Have a great week, everybody.